This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to another episode of The Crown Cast, and we have a post-react because we are playing football games at home, and it's getting better? Question mark? Well... Here... Whoa, 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 whoa. A here point to... is a point. Hey, you know, give me the chance to introduce you guys. Uh, here to determine whether or not that was actually better is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. And here to firmly state his belief that a point is, in fact, a point is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, guys. Uh, guys, it is technically better in the bank. Uh, the first time this season we've gotten a point at home feels good-ish. Uh, but, Justin, you and I were talking earlier, and at the beginning of this one, I say at the beginning of this one, at roughly halftime, uh, it was feeling a lot like the same old song uh would you would you call that fair yeah I, I mean we were having a lot of trouble playing out you know we didn't seem to have a plan uh we possessed the ball for 80 percent of this game and managed six shots and only one on target and our goal is an own goal yes and, so, and I think had that not been a known goal, it would have gone to Enzo Capetti, who I believe was offsides. So we we got, I think, the luck of the draw in that one. I am going to start to move us along. Obviously, we do get a goal. It comes up 1-1. We get a point. Uh, New York Red Bulls uh, can injure themselves and complain roll all the way back to New York. We're done. I think it's probably fair to say there were some people who played well. There are some people who didn't play so well. One crown, one card apiece. That sound good to you, Justin? Yep. All right. Uh, then, oh, oh, as ever, do you want to do uh, crown or card first, Justin? Uh, this is one of those games where it's so meh. It almost feels like we should just interweave crowns and cards, but that's Whoa. not fair to the listener. So Whoa, let's... I kind of like that, though. No, no. Let's let's just card some people first. Okay. We'll give ourselves a little uplift at the end and do and talk about the things that were good. Yeah, we'll probably end up talking about mostly the first half in the beginning in the cards and probably mostly the second half at the end in the crowns. Josh, who would be your card for tonight? Uh, my card is Christian Latanzio. Um, the <laughs> going right in that. Listen, the, the first half, I was so frustrated because it was nonsense possession that we had. We could barely make it over the halfway line. Um, we had our wingers and Gaines and Vargas receiving the ball like in our own half <laughs> rather than in the opponent's half. Um, I felt like New York, to their credit, scouted us really well. And what really frustrated me was I thought that was apparent after 15 minutes is they knew our patterns. They knew what we wanted to do. And I kept wanting Christian Latanzio to tell his players to change it up. And that just never happened, especially in that first half. And it just felt like it was a it was a boring half from a Charlotte perspective. Obviously, there's the goal that puts us down. But more than anything, it just felt like a waste of 45 minutes because New York knew what we wanted to do. And we were 
impotent to do anything besides just sort of passing it in our own half. I, th- I actually think this is a really good shout out. I, I didn't immediately think of Christian Latanzio as a card for this one, but I, I think you've made some really good points. I sort of continuously noted that they were pressing us very effectively. Um, they were kind of targeting Nathan Byrne and, and, and really moving in lines. And normally in the MLS, when somebody presses, there's usually some way out of the press. And I kept looking at it and going, I just don't see any shape to get out of this. And I wonder how much of it, if I watch back, is Christian Latanzio did not give us the shape to get out, whether we got scouted and things just needed to change, the players weren't in position to succeed. Uh, Justin, thoughts? I mean, I am always an advocate for if you see it's not working, the worst one of the worst things you can do is keep doing it. And and the whole thirty two thousand people in that stadium and and everybody watching on TV could see it wasn't working through the first half, and it is frustrating that it's not changing. Um, I think that you might be fooled a little bit because the scoreline is one one at the end of this to to think that you know, oh, we did okay. We, we, we needed did, we changes did earlier. Well, well yeah. but but we did well when changes came we did well when adjustments were made and it is damning that it takes that long to make adjustments yeah i was i was glad to see the first signing come in the first signing the first substitution come in with some time to affect the game but i do feel like there should have been more earlier i'm going to go into my card because my card has to go uh, has has something to do with that first substitution I am, there was a point in this game at which I was actually livid at Mackenzie Gaines. Mackenzie Gaines is floundering. And every now and then you get sliding doors moments in football where something puts up onto the screen so, so well. You can see with the eyeball test so well what is lacking. And Vicinius Mello has, uh, is, is a performance we'll probably get to later. But you can see what happens in this team when that right wing goes from basically nothing to threat. And I was not a fan of McKenzie through most of this game. There were five or six times I said the, the easy ball is on, take the easy ball. There were five or six times that the touches were to nothing. Uh, so many times as a winger, I found him dropping way, way back. And part of this is because we don't have a great way to get out of the midfield. But I saw him dropping way, way back and receiving the ball with his back to their goal as a winger slowly. And he was just dead. He's He just seems like everywhere he goes now, he's dead in the water. He is not creating threat. And the one thing that he has, that super high speed up the wing, uh, I think sort of sort of pushes back to the point on Christian Latanzio, they took away from him and he just vanished. They took away his superpower and he was non-existent in this match. I was really, really frustrated. Uh, Justin? I mean, I I don't know that they took away his superpower so much as he just didn't ever use it. There was a, a point that I remembered shortly before Gaines came out where he played the ball back to Nathan Byrne and I I remember leaning over to you and go, Gaines has to break. He needs to play that ball back 
and turn and push up field because the return should be from burn over the top into the space that's now empty there. And he never does that. And if he's not taking advantage of that speed, if he's not making the effort to play to, like you said, his, his superpower, his strength, he is average or below at the other pieces that we need from that wing. And it is made more damning by the effectiveness of the player who comes on to substitute for him in that same position. Yeah, Josh, I know that this is your boy. I know that that you're a Mackenzie Gaines man. So this is your chance to defend him or admit that it was not a game for him tonight. I am a I am a Mackenzie Gaines boy. Um I am I'm at a loss for this year with Mackenzie Gaines because as much of a fan as I was of him last year and especially near the end of the, of last year, this year has been bad and there have not been redeeming moments there have not been um redeeming games this game i couldn't tell you whether he was on the pitch or not i mean honestly like from the supporters section when i think back to this game i i can't remember him doing anything seeing anything and at the very least last year even in i think his worst games there were always sort of moments that mckenzie showed up with his speed with his dribbling ability, and it just is not happening this year. The only point I will say is I've seen already a lot of things online about, oh, McKenzie's terrible. McKenzie is not the reason we were terrible that first half. He is a product, and he is part of the issue, and other players have played much better in that role this year, but it is it is becoming apparent, at least with the way we're currently playing, that. He is not the answer on that right wing. And as much of a fan of, a, of him as I am, I, I'm, I can't defend it. it. It was bad today. It has been bad all year. I'm not quite sure what the rationale is for him to continue to get starts. Um, and I'm struggling even to see reasons, honestly, for him to see substitution appearances. So yeah. let, me, let me ask the Mackenzie Gaines defender here a, a question. And this is not meant to be an attack or anything, but is this a, a a byproduct of a square peg round hole situation? Because like I said, he doesn't play that ball back and then use the superpower. Is it the system that is hamstringing him away from the thing he does well? I, I do think we're playing fewer balls over the top to him. I think part of that, uh, yes, is a result of sort of the way Latanzio is wanting to play this year with a more possession-based um, structure. I, I mean, in all honesty, I don't, I don't know. I did not expect the, the fall-off to be this dramatic this year, even in a possession base. I thought he would have a lot of good moments, and it's just not happening for him. Um, so I, uh, I can't uh, finger it. I want to get in here really quick because anytime that I'm right, I'm obviously going to point it out. In the preseason, we talked about people who could really take off. And I said, one of them who can really take off also has the potential of just vanishing. And that was Mackenzie Gaines. And obviously I hedged my bets there to be right no matter what happens. I mean, but it was a genuine worry 
that he was either going to find some incredible vein of form because he now had people with him or he was just going to cease existing. And it, it felt like he ceased existing. It, it, you know, what? I, I think it's probably fair to leave it there. I don't think we need to dig into it. We can go further on Wednesday if we feel it is necessary. Uh, Justin, you're the only one who has not given us a card yet. Oh, yeah. But uh, longtime listeners will know already without me having to say who's getting this card. And it may be harsh this week uh, because other than this moment pressed into a situation that he is not necessarily familiar with. I thought he was good. But Nathan Byrne makes the mistake that causes the goal. And for me, that is enough for you to get a card. So Nathan Byrne, you are just in a, a terrible, you, you have got a terrible back pass situation. You let yourself get muscle off the ball way too easily. The, you know, it's a simple trap that you let go beneath your feet. And uh, Elias Manuel has a, a simple goal that George Marks can't really do a whole lot about. Um, and that is enough to earn you a card from Justin. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I do think there's another time in there where he has a, another slip up. And if George Marks isn't honestly in a really, really high position in goal, it could have been another one. Uh, there's another question of this is another guy getting played square peg ground hole. Um, uh, Christian Latanzio was asked in the presser about his positioning here. And he said that he had chosen um, Nathan Byrne over Jan Sobosinski and over Hamidi Diop because he wanted mobility. He said he wanted a player who was mobile and could cover ground. And that is why he went with Nathan Byrne. And I do, I do think it's fair to point out that he had a, a, a lot of good defending in there. Just another moment of, of free giveaway goals, Josh. So I, it's a bad goal to give away. I just can't be, but so upset with a right back who's being played as a center back, getting muscled off the ball in a position by a striker that he's not normally used to. I think it's also fair to say that Manuel, I mean, when he plays Charlotte, he is messy. He has played us twice. <laughs> he has scored three goals. Um, those are the only goals he's ever scored in MLS. Uh, so if he plays against us, he's going to score. Um, but my bigger issue is just that that first half was so terrible that I, it, it just seemed fair for them to, to score because we were so bad. And it wasn't a way that I wanted to see. But I really, when that goal came in, my first thought was not, oh, no, Nathan Byrne. It was just, yep, that seems about right. I got to admit, my first thought was, oh, no, Nathan Byrne, just because this is a guy who's had a rough go of it so far. He has consistently been having to shift positions. And no matter how good you are mentally, no matter how strong you are mentally, sooner or later, this is going to add up, even on a veteran, right? Sooner or later, there, there's a reason you don't play young players in positions where they can make multiple really bad mistakes early on because sooner or later, they're going to get shell-shocked. And Nathan Byrne is not a young man. I don't think he's going to be at this point yet, but I, I might be starting to get into the territory of, am I worried about Nathan Byrne potentially just getting shell-shocked and 
saying, well, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm trying eight different positions and I'm making one big mistake in every game and it's costing us goals and just sort of getting in his own head. I I might be getting close to that worry. And, you know, they're professional athletes. They're supposedly trained for all this. Hopefully their resilience is much better than the average person's. But it might be a concern. Justin, do you see that as a a potential problem for this guy? I mean, yeah. I I don't... I mean, Burns had a bad run, like he said. Um, I still think there's quality. It's it's one of those, you know, form is temporary, class is permanent. I do think that Burns is a class guy. I do, you know, back him to come good at some point over the course of this season. I think that... He's also a guy, much like 10 other guys around him, who would benefit from something in the side settling down and maybe a run of games. Some of the same people starting around you. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, Let's go ahead into our crowns. And I started with Josh for the card. So, Justin, why don't you take your first crown? Uh, yeah, this is one of those where you're kind of reaching maybe a little bit for some of these. Um, but Logan talked earlier about, you know, calling out when he said something smart. And, um, I called out a player to watch at the beginning of the season, uh, in Vinicius Mello and he gets about 20 minutes in this one. And boy, do we look different in those 20 minutes than the 70 minutes before then. Uh, he linked play on the right wing. He got forward. He beat guys on the dribble. And the goal comes from, I mean, an inch-perfect crossfield ball from Vinicius Mello to Kerwin Vargas on the other wing. Um, you know, it, Vargas all of a sudden had space because the the field couldn't shift over in his direction because... Honestly, it didn't feel like New York were concerned about Mackenzie Gaines. Um, and it's only 20 minutes, but it's the first 20 minutes we have seen of Vinicius Mello in real competitive matches. And it looked really good. Yeah, I'm going to weigh in here and say small sample size can go either direction really easily. Small sample size can make you look really good when you're not that good. Small sample size can make you look really bad when you're not that bad. But if all you've got is 20 minutes to show your stuff, wow, does he look really good in a small sample size? Holy crap. He is big. He is strong. He is fast. He has an inside cut to his left foot that left three or four defenders just questioning their existence. I don't know if this guy's even gotten significant practice on the right wing. I mean, from my understanding, I think he's a a central attacking forward. And he went out on the right wing and just devastated it. Um, I do think you point out something really, really good, Justin, in this, that his cross is super accurate, but it's also fired. It is low. It's high enough that nobody except the, you know, intended target can get it. But it is low enough to be fast. And it does not give the defense time to reset when the field is switched. And that is so critical. We cannot talk about it highly enough. If you just hospital pass the ball into the middle, and then you slowly roll the ball out into the left, and then you push the ball up the left wing, the defense has some tea, and they have time to just sort of lazily reset the defense to the other side. That ball is smoked. He fired it out of a cannon. 
and he fired it out of a cannon onto a dime for Vicinius Mello. And as a result, the whole play broke open. Uh, amazing show out from him. Josh, I'm sure you're going to have plenty of good things to say. For me, the the biggest thing that jumps out is his strength when he has the ball at his feet. Um, I know we've talked a lot about Ben Bender, especially last year, and his ability to use his body um, and be strong with the ball. Did you just and say Ben had, Bender? I did because <laughs> I, I I have a I have an inkling, um, but but I bring him up because I think. In Bender, that's a that's an area where we could clearly see he needed to improve, and that's what jumped out to me with Mello. He is he's not sh- only strong, but he knows how to. It felt like he knew how to position his body, to use that strength to block off people, and to just shrug them off and get around them. Um, he again, as a Mackenzie Gaines fanboy, Vargas has looked so good on the right this year, and now has sort of been the starter on the left and, and doesn't seem like he wants to give that up. Mello comes in on the right and is immediately better than McKenzie was all night. Um, it was something where I don't believe in preseason, as we all know. <laughs> this was very exciting to see in a real, real game. Um, I was very excited to see him actually on the pitch, and he did not disappoint. I won't lie to you. I am really interested to know how much fitness is playing into Vicinius Mello right now. Like, I would rather see somebody who has now struggled with a number of injuries, I think he's now had like two injuries, um, get eased in, even if in theory it cost us points, because he looks like a talent I would rather see, given the time. I hate to tell anyone, but this is already not going to be a barnstorming start to this season. So <laughs> I would, I, I would rather give him the space to go be the best player he can and give him another 20 minutes. Give him 40 minutes if you think he can handle 40 minutes. But do not play this guy 90 minutes until you are confident he can do it. And don't get me wrong, there's always a chance of injury, right? There's a chance of injury when you get out of bed in the morning. But I do not want to see this guy rushed back because he flashed hot. Um, I do want to see him. Like, I personally want to see him. But I, I am just, Justin, you know, you talk about what you call that, right? I am super excited about this guy. Um, final thoughts before we move on? No, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't want him rushed back. He's still coming back off of the injury report. But, like, as we start trying to find the round peg for the round hole, maybe we got to at least try it a couple more times and see... Well, I'm not going to say if he pegs right, but, you know. <laughs> is it is Should we start expanding our horizon and considering that perhaps they're triangular-shaped holes and we've just been on the wrong, the wrong side of this the whole time? Look, man, Octagons. it doesn't matter what shape it is. Octagons. It's still a peg. Octagons. Okay, uh, let's move in. Uh, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to take my uh, crown and my crown is going to be of surprise to absolutely no one who regularly listens to this podcast. Uh, I thought Ben Bender came on and really showed up. Um, it's hard to make an impact in 10 minutes. Uh, I think he made a significant impact. I, I think that when you get that time, you have to, to, to take it. 
you know, even if it's 10 minutes, you have to come in and say, I'm here. You have to force yourself into the mind of the coach and say, pick me. And Ben Bender was positionally good. He made good runs off the ball and, you know, had an opportunity. I think maybe he could have taken first time, but from where I was sitting, it was hard to tell whether it should have been a one-time ball. Uh, He had surprisingly good close control of the ball. He was making good passes. Uh, It could be that he was linking with Vicinius Mello, who we have recently just learned is the best player in the world. (laughs) He came in and he did absolutely everything you can do in 15 minutes that should have been like 42 minutes of stoppage time to look back at Christian Latanzio and say, don't forget about me, boss. I'm here. And I I feel like that's such a hard thing to do in that time frame that it is deserving of a crown for me. Josh, thoughts on Ben Bender? New hair, who dis? (laughs) Um, He was he was great. Honestly, um, this was the step actually that I, I wanted to see from Ben Bender. I thought that he, there were a few times when players went in for a challenge and I thought he used his body really well to get between them and the ball. He drew a couple fouls. I agree with you. He made some really good runs. He did things that we saw last year, which was link up really well, pass really well. Um, I am adamant that he had that chance. And from my from my vantage point, I think he should have hit the ball one time. I do also want to recognize that this is his first, not his first time this year, but he's not gone a lot of time this year. So I'm not surprised that he didn't take it. Um, I think the Ben Bender from early last year probably shoots that ball and, and probably scores, honestly. Um, but I thought this was, as you said, as good of a cameo as you could have wanted. And I think he showed Latanzio that you gave me 10 minutes. I deserve 20 or 25 next game um, because of what I just did. Justin? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he played very well. I will say, I think that in the spot that he played, uh, Nuno Santos, uh, especially after Mela came on, was being creative and being very effective but i don't think that there was a drop off from nuno santos to ben bender which speaks worlds to the progress that ben bender has made since last season uh you're right the strength that he showed uh josh is is really impressive he was making uh the same kind of passes that you want from that you know number eight he was also getting back and, and getting stuck in in the same way that you want from a number eight and you know, I think that there's I'm not saying that he should always be starting over over a guy like Brent Bronico, but I think that we saw little hints tonight of of the bad parts of Bronico's game where he can occasionally be a little too emotional about things and it can occasionally get a little bit difficult and, and you're running the risk of losing a guy to yellow cards. Yeah, And Ben Bender can come in and I think do that job if it's needed in the future. And that's a really good thing to see. Yeah, sort of a just quick note. I think Brandt is lucky to escape potentially a red card. Yeah, uh, There's a challenge in there that is not good. Um, I think we move on. Uh, Josh, you have not gotten your crown yet. Who would you like to crown? So longtime listeners will know that I have a bias towards tall goalkeepers 
Um, and George Marks is not what you would consider a tall goalkeeper. These last two games, for me personally, have been very impressive by Marks. Um, we talked a little bit before we we came on live for this that his distribution wasn't perfect tonight, but I thought that his thought processes and his ideas with that distribution were really good. Um, more importantly, when he tried something, it was not trying something that put us into huge amounts of danger. There were a few times I actually wanted him to be a little bit more brave, um, especially in that first half. I thought there were some balls that he could have played into the middle of the pitch to Harrison Awful that might have been beneficial for us. But I also kind of understand why he didn't, because they're dangerous passes. If they don't come off, you're, you're immediately back under pressure. But in general, he is stopping shots. He is um, distributing about as well as we've seen a Charlotte goalkeeper. I mean, if we're being honest, it's distribution is not a strong point of Kalina's game. It hasn't been of Cisniego's game. Um, there's not much that he has done in his, his two starts this season that make you think that he couldn't be be decent at the very least. Um, I had some reservations about Kalina coming into this season, and I think George Marks is honestly making a case for when Kalina comes back, giving Christian Latanzio something to think about. I think Kalina ultimately will regain that starting position, but through two games, I think Marks is saying, hey, if Kalina stumbles, I can be a quick fix. Uh, yeah, his his reaction save there on his left post was special that's the sort of sort of stuff that goes in highlight reels um i think we knew he was a good stopper of the ball i think we knew he had that reaction save in him i think the question for me has always been he's got a fire in him and i was always concerned that fire could get a little bit too hot sort of in a brant bronico way today and in goal that can be really destructive and i have not seen that i have seen it all channeled to the good stuff so uh, really, really amazing job. And I do think he was the other standout crown. Justin? Oh, I mean, it, it, I, I love his pop. I've, I've loved it for a while. I think that he makes great reaction saves. Uh, I don't care that he's not your prototypical height or anything like that. I'm, I'm so thrilled with, with his play. Um, I think that he also gives the defense a little bit more confidence the the same way that christian kalina at the top of his game gives the defense more confidence that like okay if you if you make a little mistake or something like that anytime i can i'm gonna be able to cover for you there are situations where there's nothing george can do but you know, you, you mentioned earlier during the cards, Logan, the, the early cover that Marks comes out and, and has on a potentially very dangerous situation. It's stuff like that. You know, it's, again, it, you know, you, you talked to Logan about his save on his left post. It's the same save he made last week, too, against Orlando. It's mm -hmm. the same save. And he's just so good at stopping shots. Uh, it is, you know, Kalina-esque in its prime. So, yeah, I'm I'm incredibly thrilled with George Martin. Yeah, people are starting to look back there and go, oh, no, it's cool. George is there, which is really the highest level of um, that's not true. It's one of the highest levels of respect you can give to a goalkeeper. The other one is to be able to expect them to hit you on distribution. But that is 
and the next level up for him. That's uh, a teachable one too. It is. Well, for the most part, I feel like there's some goalkeepers who just have the ability and some don't, but let's go ahead and start to wrap it up. Justin, your thoughts to take us home. It's a point, but it doesn't feel like a very good one. Josh, your thoughts? I, same. That, that's all I have to say. Uh, I am going to say it is technically an improvement, which is the best type of improvement. Nope. And on that probably wrong statement, uh, <laughs> if you have taken the time to uh, be with us tonight, we love you. And we will talk to you again when we break this all down on Wednesday. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com.